Hello and welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. And today we're going to talk about Spider-Man the Animated Series back in 1994. We're going to talk about Season 1. And for the first time ever in Superhero Discussions, which is ironic considering the name Discussions, uh, I'm joined by a guest. Uh, Greg from the Super Civil Servants Podcast is here with me. Greg, great to have you on. Oh man, it's it's an honor to be on, especially being the first. Like I said, I was telling you earlier, you know, everybody remembers their first. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I have you to take this journey with me. Awesome, I appreciate you asking me, man. Especially with this topic, uh, it, this one's definitely hits home, and it's uh, very nostalgic. I haven't watched this in about 24 years, but it was nice to watch it again, and it brought back a lot of childhood memories. So. Oh, I, I agree. And like I was telling you earlier, I think I've watched this like six times this series. So nice. <laughs> for you, I, I have a few viewings in since my first viewing at age seven slash eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so many good, so like such a, this was mind blowing, Greg, when this first came out to me. I, I And still to this day, I, I will argue that it's, if not quite um, Batman the Animated Series level for critics, acclaim and stuff but i'll argue at a, at a kid level when going this was on the level of batman the animated series growing up i thought oh, yeah. this was just on fire it, it anchored fox kids saturdays oh yeah well you know for me it came on after school every day uh for me and they would just repeat episodes and i, I would i would watch it it was the best thing to look forward to when i got out of school was to be able to watch this uh, and I, I, st- I can still remember the, the the song in my head, like the intro song. And I never knew what they were saying in that song. And the internet back then wasn't as big because you know, I'm a little bit older. Uh, but um, now that I'm older, I can look up the words of what they're saying. It's actually really, really simple. <laughs> so <laughs> have you ever figured out what they say in the intro, like the song? No, I just pretty much hum, hum the music. And I've never looked into what they say. Do you want to elaborate a little bit there? Yeah, well, the the hook of it is is spider blood, spider blood, radioactive spider blood, and then it just keeps it continues that throughout almost the whole the whole thing, which is really weird because I never picked up on that. I would have never guessed that's what it was. That's all they're saying is spider blood, spider blood, radioactive spider blood, and you know. But once again, the, the internet wasn't around when I was a kid, and it's kind of difficult to understand. But I would have never guessed that, you know, in a million years. So it was pretty cool to figure that out. A little fun factoid. It's kind of an odd chorus to just repeat over and over again. Right. But yeah. like not that they're not rhyming about it, but still uh I like I can remember th- the first episode came out and there was like you know that Canada is like basically five years behind America in terms of pop culture. Yeah. So uh, we I, I only had thirteen channels, I think, when this came out. Oh wow. Yeah, it was uh, back in the nitty gritty, but this did come out in channel thirteen. And it used to come on Saturday mornings. And I think Power Rangers came on after it. Yeah. Money Power Rangers. So, yeah, I was set. set. <laughs> there you go. But oh, yeah. I, the Night of the Lizard came out first. Uh-huh. And I, there was, like, such a break. I want to say it was at least a two-month break. I think it was after Christmas before another episode came out. It was in February, yeah. Wow, so, that's a huge gap. Yeah, I thought that it was just a one-off thing, you know. Back being seven years old, you didn't. I just thought it was a one-time thing. I didn't think it was gonna be. We were gonna see anymore. And lo and behold, one Saturday morning, the Spider Slayer episode dropped, and yeah. I, I that was it. Then that was my childhood. 
I had oh, almost yeah. all all the toys from McDonald's. Just fantastic, <laughs> man. So me and Greg actually put together our top five episodes because there was only, I'm going to say 12. There are 13, but right. one of those episodes should be in season two. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, there was 12 episodes. So we picked our top fives. And I want to go back and forth with Greg and just see where, if any, we have any similar ones and where they match up on each other's top five. So, Greg, without all further ado, can you give me your number five on your list? Sure. Uh, actually, it's going to be difficult for me. It, I have six. Uh, Ooh, but, but, but because okay, we'll have an honorable mention. I'll throw in an honorable go. mention. Okay. Okay. Well, then, then the honorable mention is going to be, uh, for me, episode two, Fighter Slayer. Oh, nice. Uh, there's a number of reasons I like this this episode. It introduces basically the universe. Uh, it's the first episode you get introduced to Smythe. Uh, you get introduced to Kingpin. Um, it's the first episode that uh, Eddie Brock gets fired, so it kind of uh, establishes that hatred for Peter Parker with Eddie Brock. Uh, it's the first time you meet Felicia. Um, it, it's the first time you meet Norman Osborn. Like, there's a lot of characters, and actually the, the Flash, or, uh, Flash comes into this one too, so there's a lot of characters that are introduced in this episode, and it really sets up and establishes the world really well. So for me, I really enjoyed episode two. Oh, I agree. I, I love that episode, especially back then, growing up, I didn't know anything about MJ. I thought that that was, uh, Felicia was his main love interest. Right. Because, uh, like, this was a no-comics Travis, so I've, I couldn't believe it. And the Spider Slayers, especially in the next episode, like, they just amped up. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. But for me, my honorable mention is going to have to be Craven the Hunter. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. I just really enjoyed this episode. Thought it was so badass that uh, just a regular man was hunting Spider-Man. I know we find out later that he had a serum in him, but I still just thought it was awesome. And after reading Craven's Last Hunt, uh, it just gave me a little bit more appreciation for the character. So it was just nice to see him pull using those pulls. Uh, back then, I just oh, yeah. it, it was just a fan favorite for me. Well, I think that's actually a character they're trying to bring into the movie, or the well before the Sony snap, they were trying to bring into the movies uh, was going to be Craven the Hunter because he's a cool character, uh, very practical. You know, for basically, well, I guess nothing is really practical when it comes to comics, but that would be very easy to do at least. So, uh, yeah, I, I get that though. That was a good episode. Um, I guess that's a conversation for another day, but I wonder who could do Craven better, Sony or Marvel, because maybe Sony can go places with Craven that Marvel might be afraid to go. Yeah. He's a little bit of a cross-the-line type. He can be an anti-hero for all intents and purposes at times. Well, you know, the thing is, we'll never know if Marvel can do it. Now we're just going to know what Sony does with it. So Yeah, unless he returns at some point. <laughs> possibly, very possibly. Yeah. You know, I did want to mention, though... Um, I was fourth grade, I think, when 1994. Yeah, fourth grade when this came out. So I was about eight, nine years old. And, uh, you know, Christopher Daniel Barnes, who plays the voice for Peter Parker, for me, this was kind of my introduction to that because I didn't read a lot of comics at that age. Um, so it kind of, I knew of Spider Man, but this kind of introduced me to him. And I will forever, whenever I read a Spider Man comic, hear that voice. Whenever I'm, I'm I'm narrating Spider-Man in my head, and it's just it will always be etched in there. I just can't forget it. Hey, Amen. That's he. He's just like same thing with uh, Kevin Conroy when I read Batman. It's right. the same thing. I, I, that's exactly. the voice I hear. And just a little side note for the listeners: do not write, uh, do not write him, and ask him about 
uh, what potentially the next season of Spider-Man was going to be. Because he will talk to you about it. He will try to sell you into buying something and give you a little pre- preview clip. And his voice has changed a nice bit, considerably, since he's done the Spider-Man voice, just to give you a heads up. Really? Uh, okay. I've, I've done that. He messaged me, sent me this clip, uh, and then asked me to donate money. Ah. So, yeah. He's one of those voice actors. He's <laughs> trying to make it that way now. Yeah, well, he, he there was a, it was a bit of like them trying to uh, he was going to go find Mary Jane, so it just continued on a little tiny bit. But it was basically just him doing the voice. There was nothing, there was no video or anything, so it was just really odd. So yeah, I just thought that was really okay. That was a that was a sidetrack. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to do that a lot when we talk together, uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, so you want to go ahead to the number four, or no, number five. Number five, yeah, okay, that's right, because, yeah, okay, we'll go to number five, that was the honorable mention. Uh, number five for me is going to be uh, episode four, which is the uh, the Dr. Octopus, Armed and Dangerous. Uh, really loved this version of Dr. Octopus. Um, I think that whenever they brought this to the actual cinematic universe with Spider-Man 1, they really did a great job of capturing that, uh, that attitude and the look. And for me, that's just the way it's always going to look. It was just a really, really... Sweet costume. The 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 you know the arms were great. Um, I always thought it was funny how Doctor Octopus was, or excuse me, uh, Otto Octavian was a scientist, but as soon as he became Doctor Octopus, he was super jacked, <laughs> like just ripped, you know. And I I couldn't understand how that happened, but that's one of those things that I noticed, or I guess I didn't notice when I was younger. That you know, being older now, I noticed, and it was really really strange. I. Uh, uh... I don't even have any explanation for that. Maybe it was the <laughs> arms that just got his muscles going more and more. Who knows? But Possibly, I, I, yeah. there's something I didn't notice, but I do remember having the toy from McDonald's and his muscles were outrageous for a scientist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, he used them too, man, because he kicks Spidey's ass in this in this episode. Uh, just right off top, he, he is beating the crap out of him, uh, which is really cool to see. I did notice that when I was watching all these episodes... And I, I wrote down that they mirrored these movies, but the movies actually mirrored them. They, I think that a lot of movies draw drew a lot of inspiration from this animated series. And I know the animated series drew the inspiration from the comics, but uh, I didn't read the comics prior to this. So every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that was just like you know Spider-Man 1 in the movie. They're very, very similar to a lot of things as far as the warehouse, the way Dr. Octopus looked, his, his attitude, his origin. Uh, it was really, really cool to see. No. Agree. They took they took heavily from him being Peter's uh, teacher, but they just use it for present time rather than at past like right. past time in this episode. They use it in present time in the movie, mm-hmm. and I just I like I love Doc Ock, and he takes a major role going forward in future seasons, trying to get rid of Spider Man, which is very comic accurate. And I just think that this, like you said, was a fantastic introduction. And we have overlap fine already on our list. This we don't have same num <laughs> we don't have same numbers, but we already have overlap. Okay. 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 How about you as number five? Uh, the Menace of Mysterio. Uh-huh. okay. I absolutely love this episode. Mysterio was such a fantastic character for me. Uh, the illusions always got me. Like we said during our Spider Man talk on the Super Civil Service podcast, uh, I thought that the third act of of Spider-Man Far From Home uh, it mirrored uh, the Spider-Man the animated series when he used to go up against Mysterio and Mysterio's illusions they were, like, yep. they were like just 
pretty much look like they were actually happening. That would, and I'll give the cartoon a little bit more credit because that's really hard to do in a cartoon for oh. you to make some people who are watching cartoon like think that something else is happening. Like pisses out we're all cartoonish anyway. So mm. I just and the way that he tries to. Uh, frame Spider-Man, I think that's wicked, and how J. Jonah Jameson jumps on it right away. Oh, yeah. it's, it's all just fantastic. and A lot of core elements of Spider-Man are touched on here. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, like I said, the the movie, the newest one, um, Far From Home, does mirror a lot of things with this, as far as, like, at the very end, the Spider-Sense being triggered to defeat Mysterio uh, when it looks like he's going to win. Um, this is actually the first... Um, episode in the animated series where they bring up uncle ben's death and it kind of gives you the origin for that so i thought that was pretty cool that's a really really big part of the you know spider-man origin it was it was nice to see that i was kind of surprised that they went all the way to five episodes before they even really mentioned uncle ben in this series uh, or kind of anything about him um let's see yeah it was the first time you heard the great power great responsibility line was mm-hmm. this episode uh but i really enjoyed it uh you say that was your number five, right? Number five, yeah. Number five. Well, let's say that's actually my number four. Oh, so we can so, keep talking about this. <laughs> yeah, so we can just keep talking about it. Um, it's your first introduction to Captain Lee as well, which yeah. in this series is going to be a, a, a somewhat of a bigger character, or at least a reoccurring character. Um, trying to think uh, of introductions. Uh, the inter- introduction of Mysterio was pretty cool because it was very similar to uh, Far From Home, or I guess Far From Home was similar to this, where he comes in as a fully powered guy, and you're just kind of amazed by him at first. I, I do want to point out that in this um, series, they are so quick to turn on Spider-Man. Everybody. For all the good things he does, the second the public gets to, to turn on him, they do it immediately. It's oh, really over strange. and over and over again, too. It, and you're always proven wrong, and he still don't get the benefit of doubt ever. It's very, it's just sad to see, Greg. It is, but oh, yeah. like this episode was fantastic. Just the look of Mysterio, like uh, they, I know they didn't like go exactly like that in the comics, in the Far From Home, but they did take a lot from it. I must say, oh, yeah. uh, I just love this look. For Mysterio, is it's arguably one of my favorite looks for a comic book villain. To be honest with you, oh, hundred percent, man. He he was one of my favorites growing up. That's why whenever I think maybe that's why when they announced they were going to do that in the movie, I first saw Jake Gyllenhaal and I heard Jake Gyllenhaal. I was kind of uh, about it. After I've seen it, I think he did a great job. I wasn't really sold in the costume at first, but the, you know it kind of grew on me. I think it's because I loved this version of Mysterio so much that I didn't want to see that uh, tainted in my head. You know? Yeah. This is actually the first episode that uh, MJ is introduced, right? Yep, you're right there, too. And I gotta uh, say, for, for an animated character, she is smoking hot. Oh my god, she was by <laughs> she was eight-year-old Travis's uh, crush back then, yeah. if he could have one, really. But she was fantastic. Oh, yeah. she, she got the job done for kids my age, in, in my opinion. You know, I, I noticed a few things in this one that I didn't notice before when I was younger, obviously, because I guess I wasn't paying as much attention or I was, just, you know, more enamored with uh, what was going on. Uh, there, there's one part where he's flipping through uh, Mysterio's plans about what he's going to do, and he goes through the museum, and he actually says museum, but if you look at it, it's spelled M-U-S-C-U-M instead of M-U-S-E-U-M. <laughs> and I don't know if that was just a an, an error by the artist or what, but I was like, museum is spelled wrong. <laughs> and I, I would have never noticed that when I was a kid. 
but it's one of those little things I noticed now. I was like, oh, that's very, very odd. I wonder why they left that in there, you know? But, uh, yeah, for, for me, that was number four. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. But uh, how about you? My number four is The Night of the Lizard. You just made okay. a reference to it right there. Uh, I thought that this, like I said, I thought this was a little movie growing up. The first time I seen it, uh, it's so good. And you're dropped in. There's no origin story. There's no origin scene. Oh, you no. just drop right into the middle of Spider-Man. And I absolutely loved that. As a kid, my head was spinning, though. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know the character of Spider-Man. To be honest with you, this was my first uh, introduction to the character. And I still absolutely loved it. So, oh, yeah. You didn't even uh, need an origin. I mean, because no, they kind of give you the origin as you're going on through the story anyway. Yeah, they kind of so. do. So it's it just fantastic. And I got to say, like, it was the one of the, it's one of the more notable. I think it's the first time ever that uh, Connors was depicted as, uh, like, a person who don't have an iron. An amputee who used himself as a test job to, right. to try to break his limb. Right. I think right. this is the first time that he was used like that, and it, it was fantastic. And the lizard was so terrifying to me as an eight-year-old. Well, seven-year-old. I was only seven when I first saw this. So uh, I was so terrified. Sewers, and it, it went against everything I knew about sewers, uh, being a Ninja Turtle fan and mm-hmm. diehard Ninja Turtle fan. I used to look at sewers. My father even told me I used to run to try to slide into the little sewer part. Slide. <laughs> like I would want to go into sewers, and this kind of deterred that a little bit. So I think my father was hit, like glad I watched this episode, but uh, for me living in a sewer, that kind of killed it. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny about the sewers in this series is they're like 12 levels. It's like you go underground, and all of a sudden there's like 12 stories of different uh, tunnels and everything else, which is not a way a sewer actually is. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never been in a sewer, so I can't say that. But I would assume there's not different stories and, and levels and different tunnels and everything else. They really make the uh, sewers look like a fun place for me. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool to, pretty cool to go down there, but uh, it's pretty intricate. Yeah, it, it, would, right. it seems like it would be bad for cities if like anyone wanted to target them for explosions and stuff. Right. You could probably bring a city down from under itself. By the way, it, it showed in, in this. New York City is like t- full tunnels underground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- this episode is pretty cool. You get to see J. John Jameson, obviously, for the first time. Uh, it introduces a lot of characters. It's Smythe and his father the first time. Uh, well, actually, that's the next episode. I'm sorry. Uh, but it introduces you to Connor. And um, Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock, yeah, where you get introduced to him. And I noticed that I wrote down different notes of things because I noticed the first four episodes they introduce a different aspect of Spider Man in every episode. And the first one is where they introduce that he has web cartridges in this version and that he runs out of webbing quite a bit. Like, it's a big problem for him in this series. He always runs out of webbing at the most inopportune times. But is it a big problem or is it more like? Nerf, nerfing Spider-Man the same way, like Superman's nerf sometimes in like Justice League. Now, this is just an easy way to uh, make him a bit of a, like on the same level as his opponent. Yeah, kind of I deal. Guess that makes sense. Yeah, like like make him a bit more vulnerable. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, that, that okay. would be my that would be my guess anyway. But it, he does run out of webbing a lot in this whole show. To be honest yeah. with you, at the worst possible the time. Worst why, time. Not, <laughs> why not invent like a little bit of a belt? Where you, you got a belt where you can still wear like he got he does he uses his belt for a light in this episode. Yeah. 
Did you tell me you can't store some extra cartridges, cartridges in there? Well, you Good remember God, Scarlet man. Spider had the cartridges on his wrist, so that yeah. way he could just pull it right off his wrist and put it in there. And that, that would be smarter than me, I would think. But that, that seems like the, the the most practical way. I think right. I think Summer Ben uh, Summer Brent just smiled a little bit because they were time <laughs> we were time based Scarlet Spider. But we uh, should definitely have a discussion about that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, do you know who voiced Eddie Brock for this show? I don't. Hank Azaria. Not familiar. He's the guy in this in the, the voice a lot of the voices in The Simpsons. He's Phoebe's love interest and friends. He was in that god awful Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick. Uh, huh. He's a okay. he's a well known voice actor. Yeah, you've huh. definitely heard of that stuff. I, I'm going to try and see if I can find what exactly uh, uh, the voices that he's done for Mo. He's done Mo. Uh, okay, that makes sense yeah. now. I can actually hear that resemblance a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so, so the, but that, but that, that, that's pretty. I thought that was pretty cool that he got his. Seems like he got one of his starts in 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 that show. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. it was really cool. Um, I think G. Gordon Godfrey from the Young Justice is almost a mirror image of uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh you my know, God, he is. Like he pulls almost he pulls straight up. from there, you know? He's like a 21st century version of him. You're really great, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, like like I was watching that and I was like, wow, this looks... I mean, I've been watching Young Justice a lot lately. Uh, so, you know, of course, D. Gordon's in there in my mind. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, he, he does kind of remind me of that. Of course, I guess this is a long time ago, so it's more like G. Gordon is a copy of him as opposed to, you know, the vice versa. But... Vice versa. Then no, one other thing I got to know about this episode, uh, the fight scene between the lizard and Spider-Man underwater with the uh, Neogenic Recombinator. Yeah, which is an awesome name for something, by the way. Uh, I'm really a little impressed with myself that I read, rattled that off first go. I don't I never <laughs> have that written, wrote, written down anywhere, so a uh, little props to me on there. Uh, I thought they looked fantastic with it flashing as they were fighting. Uh, just, just, just phenomenal for back in 94. Well, it was cool that it could be underwater and not powered by anything and still go off. I don't I decide stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was like a big gun, basically. So, um, okay. Uh, number so, three. Yeah, let's go to number three. Uh, my number three is kind of a combination. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm a really big Venom fan. Uh, I love the character growing up. I love his origin. Uh, I'm Currently, of all the Marvel com- or of the Marvel comics I'm reading, that is actually one of the only Marvel comics that I continue to read right now. Is the new Venom run that just came out. Uh, I love the look of the character. When I was younger, I thought it looked so cool. It was so fun to draw Venom and Spider Man. So, I'm gonna put a combo here for uh, eight and nine, uh, and we'll say actually let me, let me let me do nine and ten as number. No, no, no. I was right. Eight and nine first as my number three. Uh, which was the alien costume part one and two, okay. and it's basically where they uh, you get the Prometheus you introduced to the Prometheus X, which is what the container or the rock that holds the the ooze that is Venom the symbiote. Um, I love this origin; it's a really really cool story, uh, and it's really cool that the more I watch this now, they really did it justice. Uh, you know, Spider Man three is not the best of the movies, but as far as the origin of how Eddie Brock becomes Venom. They did a really good job with that. Uh, 
Oh, I couldn't agree more, Greg. This is on my list as well. We'll get to this in the future. But, uh, but I, I absolutely loved it. I that, like you said, the, you're doing parts one and two. Yeah, one and two. Just because I'm going to have th- uh, number three is probably just in a separate episode because that's the where the real, where it all comes together. Yeah. So. Uh, this looks fantastic. We get uh, Spider-Man first, first encountering the uh, alien goo. He saves J. Jonah Jameson Jr. and gets blamed for his injuries. Uh, we, and really pisses. We fought. This is the first time he's really he be, he's a, he's a little bit uh, disturbed or angry about where J. Jonah Jameson J. Jonah Jameson has depicted him before in other episodes. Mm-hmm. This is the one where he's really pissed off about it. You can like he doesn't even want to be Spider Man. He feels like everyone's so ungrateful. And when turn around, like you said, I think this is the one moment he realizes it most. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it, you know, I was saying that they did such a good job in Spider-Man 3 because even down to, you know, uh, as far as Venom's actual origin, uh, there's the point where in, you know, in Spider-Man 3, Mary Jane is his, you know, girl, not Felicia at the point. And, but this, in this uh, actual part of the, the show, Felicia is more of his girl. And it's the same kind of way. She does the same kind of thing of you're different. You know, you don't act normal. You're not acting like you normally do. She kind of takes that role of Mary Jane in the movies. Uh I don't know. The, the, I love the suit. Like I always thought it was so cool to see the Venom suit where it was all black, but it had that blue trim, like on the outside, whichever the light side was coming from. And uh, I have a shirt. That's a Venom shirt. It's actually I think I'm wearing on my profile for Twitter. Love, love the look of Venom, man. Uh, one of the coolest characters to ever be created, I think. And sadly enough, as much as I love Venom, I still have not seen the Venom movie. Oh my it god, Greg. Yeah. You gotta get on that. I'm ashamed uh, of it. I still have not I have had so much stuff to watch lately. Um yeah, I still have not seen the Venom movie and I'm planning on doing it. So I, I can't criticize you. I only watched solo a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So it it, <laughs> it, it, it happens, but uh this episode was fantastic. Uh, I just can't go over you're a big fan of the Venom suit. I'm a big fan of the black Spider Man suit. Okay. I always, I always thought when I was young, I was like, "Why would you trade this in for your red stuff?" I can get that, yeah. But the the, the red and blue suit is still awesome. Oh, I, I don't know. think there's it's a bad just, Spider-Man suit ever. I don't think there is either. Especially we'll, one day we'll touch on this, listeners, on see in season five, the final season, because we get to see a hell of a lot of Spider-Man suits in that ep- in one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's fun. It's it's funny because in this episode, I was trying to think of the best way to describe like when he when Peter Parker actually interacts with the suit, and it's it's like a new girlfriend. Everything about it is great, you know. Like there's no problems with it all. Everything's impressive. You're super enamored by it, and then all of a sudden you start to see its its flaws. You, you know? find out it's crazy, right? You find out it's <laughs> just like a new girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, you definitely see a um, attitude change. You know, because he's try- he's almost kills a few villains. He almost kills Shocker. He almost kills Rhino. Uh, and actually, we're we're going right into uh, my my next one. So I'll just let's say three is my is is my eight and nine, and I'll go ahead and tell you ten or excuse me, episode ten, which is the third part of this, is my is my number two. So, um, you know, it's because I'm just talking right into all this one huge story, this three part series, anyway. Uh, but before I get more into that, what's your number three? My number three is the Hobgoblin part one and two. Okay. I absolutely love this. I didn't even know the Green Goblin existed. So this dude completely freaked me out. 
we get introduced we get introduced to the Norman Asborn uh, Kingpin power struggle, mm-hmm. and to see the great lengths that Norman Asborn tries to go to take the Kingpin down, and then to see the great lengths that the Hobgoblin screws over both of them. Right, just to, just it's crazy, and I didn't notice. At, I actually, I'm not gonna say I didn't notice. I did notice that this was the voice of the Joker. I'm sorry to Mark Hamill, he is a fantastic voice actor, but I did hear some of the Joker in the Hobgoblin when he was doing it. When it's so, laughing especially. Yeah, so it, it was familiar to me, and I liked it because I didn't find the Joker scary in the animated series, and that kind of helped me because I found him terrifying in the movie for a few oh, yeah. years. Oh, yeah. So uh, the Hobgoblin Part 1 and 2, that was wicked. Hobgoblin's arsenal was amazing, and I think they took some of the better elements when they did the third Spider-Man movie, but I think James Franco pretty much phoned it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was bad. I yeah. like James Franco, but that was bad. Yeah. There was too much going on in that movie. Yeah. I don't blame yeah. it. Like you can't introduce Venom and Shocker and uh green and a Hobgoblin in the same movie and expect it to, you know, be able to land. So, uh, no, I really, really enjoyed this one too. Um, that's actually going to be a little further down my list. So, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about it then. Uh, but um, I did not know that Mark Hamill was the voice actor for that until now that I'm older. Uh, and I looked really? it up today because I was like, I was like, wondered, you know, who who played that voice, and I looked it up and I couldn't believe it was Mark Hamill, which was pretty amazing. So uh, I didn't know who he was at the time. I just knew that he was. He sounded like the Joker from the Batman show. Right. So, like, I didn't put together, like, it didn't stick with me, like, that's Luke Skywalker or anything like that. But uh, I did notice that the voice was similar to the Joker voice as I back then. Oh, yeah. So, was this pre-Star Wars for you? This was, uh, I seen one Star Wars movie with my uncle, and I think it was A New Hope. Okay. But uh, I didn't see the whole trilogy, so this was pre-Star Wars for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. This is yeah about fourth or fifth grade. So this is right when I was getting into Star Wars with my stepdad. He did a good job introducing me to that, and I thank him so much for it because <laughs> it that's has changed awesome. my life. That's uh, awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So that's your number three, uh, and I'll go. You know, my number two is 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 episode ten of of the the um, alien costume. There it's just go. a continuation of one, two, and three. It's the culmination of that story. It's the creation of Venom. I love how they show you in episode uh, nine, I think, or part two of the alien costume, how the sound waves affect Venom, but you don't really, Peter doesn't really pick up on that. And then it kind of all comes to uh, back into play in this one, where it's with the classic scene, uh, you know, where they're in the bell tower, and that's how he loses the Venom suit, or excuse me, that's how he gets rid of the symbiote, and that's how Eddie Brock becomes Venom. Uh, they did a really good job of doing that, uh, uh, replicating that in Spider-Man 3. There's not a lot of great things to say about that movie, but that is one of them. The origin of Venom is pretty good. Probably could have picked a get better guy than Tobey Maguire to play him. Or not Tobey Maguire. Um, who, who played Venom? Uh, uh, Topher Grace. There you go. Eric. Yeah, Topher Grace. But I, I kind of see their uh, their reasoning for doing that because Topher Grace and Tobey Maguire, are, they look kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what they were going for. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, Peter Parker in this series is jacked. So I guess you know he'd be next to a jacked guy like Eddie Brock in this series is jacked. Too. Everybody in this series is jacked. So 
But I loved uh, I loved eight, nine, and ten. All of the Alien costume series. Like I said, I love Venom. Uh, I loved how they did the origin. Uh, for me, like I said, this is before I started reading comics. This is how it all started for me. So when I go back to think of my origin or, or what I believe to be true, you know, the variation of it, this is it. This is Spider-Man the Animated Series. It's where I got introduced to him and uh, really, really started loving Spider-Man. So that's number two for me for sure. It is, is oh, ten. Greg, that was such a fantastic. I, I, it'll be a different number on my list. <laughs> It'll be between one of these two numbers I've left on my list, sorry. Okay. And I absolutely loved it as well. It was, uh, I, I don't even know, like, the way Venom stocked Spider-Man, the way yeah. he stocked Spider-Man, and how they were the same person. And like you said, Spider-Man 3, the movie, really took the how Peter got rid of the costume. They done that fantastic yeah. from the anime series. I would have, looking back on it now, Getting rid of Venom on a shuttle would have been way better in the movie than uh, what they did to him, basically using steel poles and smacking him. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't even. I say I didn't even remember until you just mentioned it how they got rid of him in the movie. Um, I, yeah, I, he I stuck a lot of stuck movie. a lot of steel poles around him and started hitting them. I mean, that was pretty cool, but uh, you know, it wouldn't defeat Venom. I wouldn't think. I don't think it would be as good as what he did with the spaceship here and the animated part myself. Stuck it on with the webbing, which is great. That webbing is, can apparently <laughs> go through the atmosphere. But, <laughs> and hold the symbiote suit on there. So, But you can't make a bigger cartridge that can hold more of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's one of those things you, you notice when you're older that you don't notice as a kid. So, uh, But no, I, I loved the, the whole three-part series of the alien costume. You know, if you're a Venom fan, it's hard not to. I just love the look, man. Venom has an awesome look. Oh, it's, and it's so good in this, it's this series, and they take a lot of that going forward as well. Right. Uh, my number two is Dr. Octopus, Iron and Dangerous. Okay. I, like I was telling you before, I love Dr. Hawk. He's my favorite villain for Spider-Man villains. Uh, okay. In comics, anyway. Not in this show, but in comics. I thought that it was fantastic how he took him down, like you said. Before this, we'd never really seen Spider-Man get beat down by any right. of the villains. Yeah, he's had some, he had some tough times with some of Spire Sliders and stuff like that. But he really got owned multiple times by Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. And it was really cool to see how like, his arms kind of terrified me and how quick they were. And how he was Spider-Man's intellectual equal, or if not greater but his hubris used to get the best of him. Uh, all that was laid out, and after reading Spider-Man comics, before this show and after the show, I think the show pretty much nailed Doc Ock to a T, and I want to give somebody a round of applause if I could, but I don't even know who made decisions on Doc Ock, but whoever it was deserved a round of applause, because that was fantastic, just how he was Peter's mentor growing up to like gave Peter confidence in his science abilities, and that mm -hmm. science could be a way for him to succeed. This was all before Spider Bite, so just just loved it all. That right. was fantastic. So, well, it yeah. gave him that advantage later on because you know he he was able to connect with him intellectually or, or on a different level than just being. He he was able to connect him as Peter Parker, not Spider Man, because that was actually how he interacted with him first was Peter Parker, and not Spider Man. And he actually Doc Ock thought he killed Peter Parker, and then of course Spider Man comes in. Uh, yeah. 
I thought it was cool how uh, in this story he was being paid by Felicia's parents to do the to do the work, and then he uh, they they cut his funding, and you see him move to this old abandoned warehouse to finish his, his work, and in the actual Spider-Man movie. It's not an old abandoned warehouse he's in working, but it is a warehouse type looking thing, and he's working on the cold fusion battery. It, it's it's cool how they took that story, changed it up a little bit, but still kind of paid homage to at least this part of it. And I'm not sure if they were going to the animated series or the comics, but it you know resembled it very well. Oh, I'll uh, agree, and it also uh, really gives you the idea that the Hardys aren't exactly on up and up even more after after the events of the Spider Slayers. I, right. I was questioning them already, like, why are they tar- targeting you, stuff like that. Like, why are they coming to your party and stuff? And then you get this whole thing of they done Doc Ock dirty, and you can understand why he he had vengeful thoughts. Obviously, you don't go to the extreme that he went to, but they kind of did him dirty. So uh, it just one one more thing on the Hardy's mantle for shadiness. Well, they'll they'll be a flagship in this. Uh, series going forward in the next seasons, and yep. I, I'm sure we'll talk about them even more. Oh yeah, because I mean I'm, I'm having fun doing this. I'm sure I'm gonna watch the second season pretty soon, and we'll talk about that if you want to. I'm, I'd oh my to, god, so. we'll probably we'll probably have Greg <laughs> for the full five seasons. And that we'll works for me, man. It. I'm here. Yep. So let's let's hit hit the people and me with your number one, Greg. Uh, number one for me, man, was uh, was the Hopgoblin, the two the two Hopgoblin episodes, and it could just be recency bias because I literally just finished watching those an hour ago. Can uh, I stop and ask you one thing? Did your daughter watching the episodes with you have any plus points for it? Because that probably would get me immediately if she sat down. If my daughter sat down and watched it with me, roughly the same age that I was when I watched it, I think that would rock it to my top of my rankings regardless that could be part of the reason why I, you know it's like, it's like i was telling you before we got on my daughter just got back from chilling practice she's going to be nine next month which is about the same age i started watching this and i was watching the the very beginning of the first hobgoblin episode and she asked me she was like what's this and i said oh this is spider-man and she loves into the spider-verse which kind of blew my mind that she loved that movie but not really because it's a great movie i just didn't think she would be into that kind of stuff but she really loved into the spider-verse uh, so she was like, can I watch it with you? And I said, well, yeah, of course you can watch it with me. So she watches two episodes with me, and she really enjoyed it. And I think she's probably going to watch the rest of it with me, which would be awesome. Uh, but you're right. That may be part of the reason why. Maybe it's one of my favorite. Even though, you know, I liked it a lot back then, too. Uh, but uh, I like Hobgoblin as a character. Uh, he is very scary, very menacing looking. Um, I liked uh, – I did hear the the, the Joker voice and the, the Mark Hamill laugh and everything else whenever I would hear it. Um you know, Spider-Man's just a great character, and I love all his rogues. Like, you you could almost put anything on there, and it'd be fun to watch. But uh, I really enjoyed this Hobgoblin uh, episodes. I like the fact that he he was kind of playing everybody in this. Like, he was just playing everybody and trying to get to the top, and he almost did. You know, he he, he was there for a mo- for a few moments, he right? Was at the top, and then just, but not really. Kingpin could have got that at any point in time. <laughs> Kingpin is the man. Oh my god, he's he, he fantastic. It depicted fantastic in this, and I'd like to think that uh, he's online with Daredevil. I'd like to think that the guy in Daredevil actually actually looked at this. I hope so. Anyway, yeah, he had to. What was I can't remember his name, but he Vincent, that was a Vincent, Di- Vincent D'Onofrio. 
Yes, that was a perfect casting, man. Oh, my God. Because when I saw that, that's what I thought was Spider-Man the Animated Series when I saw him. Oh, he was yeah. fantastic. He was, and Daredevil even makes an appearance in the show. We'll talk about that in the future. Okay. Uh, right. Well, there's I, a bunch of characters make, it, make an appearance in this show. <laughs> and I'm going to understand this being your number one as well because this had the feel of a season finale to me. Right. And we, we were talking about this before we started recording that this is aired, I think, uh, May, this, this, this episode, the second part of this uh, two-parter aired. Mm-hmm. And then the, the final episode, Day of the Chameleon, didn't air until July 8th. So there was a multiple month break. Right. So, and then the season two started in September. So there was a shorter period of time between uh, episode 12 and 13. There was a shorter, episode, shorter period of time between 13 and season two than there was episode 12 and 13. So... I kind of consider episode 13 part of season two. So uh, this had a feeling of a season finale to me. So that's that part two was even, even better just because of that. Oh, it definitely felt like a season finale. That's for sure. I mean, uh, I think they just kind of put the 13th episode out there as a teaser to, to kind of get you into the, the next, uh, you know, to make you want to watch the second season. Uh, but, you know, they did a good job because I'm going to watch all five seasons now, 25 years later. Oh, and I think you're gonna <laughs> think you're gonna love it, my friend. And my number one to touch on that before we go is the alien costume. I copped it a little bit and said part one, two, and three. Okay, this was the pinnacle. I think this still is the pinnacle of this whole series. I think the the three parter here is the best three best storyline, the story arc they touched on, right? And in a three part thing, I thought it was fantastic. And they really created a venom. That's that's my venom. That's the oh, venom yeah. that I associate with first. That's my black suit Spider-Man. We didn't even talk about how cool Rhino looks in this like depiction compared to the Spider-Man '67 counterpart we've seen. That yeah. Oh yeah, Rhino definitely looked awesome, man. It's it's funny because I was looking at it and does he, he? I guess he just always wears that suit because this episode, the three episodes go on over a number of days. But I think Spider-Man actually puts a tracker on him on the first episode, and he's still wearing it on his calf in the third episode. <laughs> yeah, so, I think that suit permanently keeps him alive or keeps him strength I, or something. Okay. It, I think it's tied to his origins. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. where's a Marvel comic uh, like fanatic when you need one? <laughs> I'll hit Brent up. I'll hit him up. I'll hit Brent up. Yeah, <laughs> but, I was uh, super curious. You could, we, you got to let me know that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Alien Costume Part 1, 2, and 3, I thought that was the gold standard for the season, in my opinion. And like you said, Venom was amazing to me when him and Eddie Brock finally, when the symbiote and Eddie Brock finally merged. Uh, just phenomenal. Loved it. And even though at the end of the third part, we think that's the last we'll see of Venom, I think we all know that with such a good hit, he's coming back. Oh, yeah, you can't get rid of him that quick. So I thought it was cool. There were little things in this one, like there was an Eddie Brock, uh, like, workout montage. It wasn't, like, uh, music or anything in the background, but you just, you see him working out, and then he's going through all his uh, – it kind of flips to all the uh, posters and the, the, the flyer, the newspaper clippings and everything on his wall. It's kind of like a montage of him working out, which I thought was fun. Well, at least he's working out. He's the only one that's justifying, he's the his, only. Mu- his, he's justifying his muscles. Yeah. No other superhero <laughs> ever works out. <laughs> no. They're, they're uh, I, that's uh, why I want to I, I thought it was cool. Kind of, 
So I want to give props to Ben Affleck for really having a badass workout video on yeah. BBS. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, that movie's great, everything about it. But um, I thought it was cool. It, this movie kind of made me it, – it dated itself – or not movie. This show dated itself. I like when he's talking to Rhino and Shocker, and Rhino and Shocker are coming after Spider-Man uh, in this episode. And he's talking about, where'd you guys meet? Computer dating? Which, just saying computer dating – <laughs> like yeah. shows you how old this show is because I think I think I was in fifth grade when my family got their first home computer. So, oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! Look at you! <laughs> it's like I think I right in there. I think uh, I was fifteen when we had our first computer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that, okay. Yeah, well, I guess it makes sense. Uh, I don't know, man. Just, just, just really, really cool. Um, you're right, though. It was very difficult for me to choose between the the, the alien costume ones and the uh, the hobgoblin episodes. Yeah, but I thought all of those were the the, the best episodes of the series. They they kind of the the everything before that kind of set this kind of stuff up, where you met the characters, you learned their personalities, you learned uh, you know some of their origins, uh, and it's a lot of the background characters, Felicia's and, and Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn, and you know Flash and and. J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah and, Jameson and John. Everything going on Bugle. Right. So, um, you know, maybe that's why these are the best is because it was culminating at that point. They're they're the kind of the last ones of the series. I think it goes straight from um, the three alien episode, alien suit episode, costume episodes to the Hopgoblin episodes, right? You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 So and it's funny because the alien costume episodes, you can almost watch them as like an animated movie. Because it's about twenty minutes longer piece, you know. Pretty confident that both the alien costume and the hobgoblins are out, uh, were out on DVD at some point. Just them, like three part of the alien costume, two okay. part of the hobgoblin. Picture of hobgoblin and Spider Man, or picture of Venom and Spider Man up on the the covers of the the DVDs. I I did see them in the past. They were definitely a thing at some point. I don't know if it was like 2005 kind of deal, or it was like two years ago. It could have been any of those. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, I did, did notice anybody who wants to watch this series that doesn't can't get a hold of or anything. I did notice you can go on Amazon and you can buy it digitally. The whole first season for like two ninety nine, which is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it's pretty solid. The whole uh, first season. So it used to be on Canadian Netflix for a while. I assume it's because Disney Plus. Uh, it's coming around and it's gone. I'm hoping because we get Disney Plus in November. Uh, I'm hoping that might be on its back catalog. If not, I'll have to uh, try and find it somewhere. I think I have it on a external hard drive. Uh, I think I'll we'll say I bought it digitally and I didn't find it on the dark web. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, hey, that's our top five, and I'd recommend the whole season to anybody who hasn't watched it, or if you have, you know, just watch it again because it's really fun. It's definitely brings a lot of nostalgia into, like, I, I just, I like I said, I haven't watched this in 24, 25 years, but as I'm watching it again, I can remember seeing this stuff, you know, uh, like especially the the alien costume uh, episodes. I can just remember seeing this when I was a kid and being amazed by it, but. There was a lot of stuff that I don't remember seeing as a kid that I noticed as an adult, and I wrote a whole list of stuff down that I just want to kind of hit on real quick. Uh, but I want to ask you, was there anything you noticed? Not really. Just, just stuff that we've already talked about, but like everybody being gigantic, muscly people. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man always getting crapped on over and over and over again. And just some 
odd oddities with the animation at times. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's about it. I'm curious about your list. Super. Oh, curious. I got a, I got a big list here. Uh, oh, well, first, I, I wanted to say I thought it was awesome how there's certain points in this uh, show where it's like instead of the animation, it's like computer graphics, mm. like going through the city. But if for me, it reminds me of computer graphics when I was a kid, like the screensavers. You oh know, God, of, of yes. the tube. <laughs> like it looks just like screensavers <laughs> from the early '90s, and I saw that day, and I was like, "Man, that 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 looks just like you know screensaver I used to have." But um, I thought it was cool. I noticed uh, in like I think it was episode one or two where you see the Oscorp robots and uh, the Helidrones, and I kind of compared them to stormtroopers because they go out there and they shoot one time and they miss, and then they get destroyed the first time they get hit. All of them, <laughs> every one of them. One shot, they miss, and they get destroyed. And I was like, that's just like a stormtrooper. <laughs> so I thought how, come all, cool. how come all the random thugs can't shoot at all? No. It'll be one of life's mysteries. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, I thought it was cool in episode one. Uh, he's going through the sewers, and he mentions Fantastic Four, the Defenders, and the Avengers, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, I noticed there's one point where he's taught... He, uh, I think it was the beginning of the first episode of... Um, the first alien costume episode where he's on the bridge and he's rescuing J. John Jameson's son. And he says, I'm going to borrow this phrase, but it's clobbering time. And I noticed that and I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't never really, I don't remember that kind of stuff, but it's, it's fun to see. Have you ever noticed how, <clears throat> I can't believe I never noticed this when I was a kid, how Peter Parker always has a spider suit on under his little green and blue striped shirt. But the, the polo shirt he's wearing is a short sleeve shirt. And a spider suit is a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> and you, you never see the spider suit come out of the long sleeves, but he lifts his shirt up and you see the spider. He's wearing the spider suit, but somehow his short sleeves are covering up the long sleeve spider suit. I, I, I just noticed that. and I thought that was crazy. You just blew my mind. <laughs> little little things I never noticed before. Wow, uh, I never ever noticed that before. That's that's <laughs> I, I I need a second here, Greg. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're right too. Multiple times he takes yeah. up his shirt ready to show us. Oh man, that's that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm ruining ruining it as an adult. But um, oh no, that's perfect. <laughs> I like how he um he mentions the Jets and the Mets a, a few times, which kind of makes it you know seem a little more real world, you know. I, I oh, did yeah. notice too. Whenever he shoots his web, his webbing, it curves. It's it's almost like a like a antennas, like a, a volley or like a lob, you know. And it reminded me of in the Last Jedi when they're shooting, when they're in the chase scene, you know, and they're they're shooting the the ship that Leia's in. How it's like lobbing the shots onto the ship, which would never happen. It would shoot in a straight line, and his his web shooting would be exactly. It wouldn't shoot in like a lobbing form. Uh. It would go maybe straight. With, maybe with the wind, we don't know <laughs> what kind of wind direction. There got to be physics to shooting your webs too. I would imagine, like the further you extend that, the more the wind's going to be able to affect it. Yeah, in the army we call that Kentucky windage, and he has some amazing Kentucky windage right there <laughs> <laughs> to be able to do that. So <laughs> I thought that was cool, though. Uh, I also thought, and I think the last note, just a little crazy things that I noticed is. When he's when he's fighting Mysterio, uh, is it Mysterio? I can't remember which episode it is, but uh, there's an abandoned rocket assembly plant. No, this is Doc Ock. There's an abandoned rocket assembly plant just in in New York. Like, why would there be an abandoned rocket assembly plant that is fully operational? 
by yes, the way. Yes, yes, that's, that's the fully operational. May, even <laughs> if it was, even if it wasn't fully operational, it really didn't take Doc Hawk that long to make it fully operational. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Well, would he go in and turn on fuse box and everything start working? And all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a rocket there that's ready to be tested too. You know, like it was really cool. But oh, I think well. these are just me adulting on this. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't know this kind of stuff, but I was just trying to take little notes of things that I was like, that's kind of weird as I was watching it. And, uh, you know, those are just a few things. So. But, uh, but I can even imagine people that are our age or maybe even like, let's say 20 to 30 back then when that first came out, like we'll say the Kevin Smiths of the world. I'm sure that must have blew their mind just to get that type of Spider-Man on TV. Because before then you had Spider-Man 67, which was, uh, fun but outrageous and then you had spider-man <laughs> and his adventurous fr- amazing friends or something yeah some crap uh i can only imagine when they seen that they must have been like okay there's marvel's answer to batman the animated series right there yeah yep. yeah well last thing i noticed was i, I just kind of wrote some of these down uh episode one you get introduced to spider-man the fact that he has web cartridges episode two they really hype on his speed and agility uh, episode three is when you get introduced to the spider trackers. And then episode four is when you start to really see Spider-Man with his moral dilemma. Or like he's starting to have his self-pity on himself. He's doubting himself being Spider-Man. And that's introduced to episode four. Uh, and I, I, I tried to write down a little bit of everything for each episode that I noticed. Uh, but those were the main four things that like right off the bat, they established these right away. You know, this is how he does this. This is how he does this. This is why he feels like this. Uh, they did a good job. It's great storytelling, man. It, bravo. Just like we wouldn't have, I don't think we get Young Justice today without the groundbreaking work because, like, to, to even do part one, two, and three and not air them all at the same time, like, there's a bold move for kids to expect kids to keep coming back mm-hmm. and do, like, part one, part two, not clue it up because Batman the animated series, there wasn't many two parters for that for the most yeah. part. Uh, they like they usually flow through. There was some, but not to the level that we get in this, especially going forward. Right. And I just think that all the shows, even the Justice League shows, like everything, like this Batman the Animated Series and X Men the Animated Series, are basically the, the the grandfathers of our animated shows that we got right now. Agreed. Yeah, uh, that and I throw Ninja Turtles in there too. Oh yeah, agreed. Ninja yeah. Turtles, Ninja Turtles laid the groundwork for this stuff. So this great grandfather, I guess, mm-hmm. and then saying oh, yeah. with Transformers, and we could go on for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and then the, the one, the last thing I noticed that kind of dates, well, not dates me, but dates this show, is there's a number of times where uh, J. Jonah Jameson, especially, everything he does, he's offering a million dollars for this, and it's like I guess in the '90s or like early '90s, a million dollars was a lot. I mean, it still is a lot of money. But now we have athletes who won't even play a game for less than $40 million. You know, so that shows you how much the times have changed since then. I'm going to be honest with you. When I watched the alien costume and he gave out the reward, all I could think of was Dr. Evil. <laughs> yeah. Being like, $1 million, Dr. Yeah, Evil. Yeah. That, 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 doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> exactly. Like a million dollars. Don't get me wrong. You give me a million dollars, I'll be cool. I'll, I'll take it. No problem. Uh, but it just... You know, millions, nothing nowadays. And if you give me a million dollars, I can take it all. I won't have to give any of it to taxes. Ah. Uh, so I'll get a full million, and then I can give Greg five hundred thousand, so we both can have some, rather than Greg gets a million dollars and got to give a solid one third of it back to 
the government. <laughs> I like your plan. Got your I back, like your buddy. Plan. Got your back. Well, <laughs> well, Greg, I got to say, it was thanks for being the first guest for Superhero Discussions, and we really did get into some discussions. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man, one of the best superheroes. And hopefully, I think we've already agreed it, that we'll have you back on to discuss season two when you finish watching that. And, sir, just tell the listeners where they can find you. Okay. Well, uh, I am at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. Uh, I am also the co-host of the Super Civil Servants podcast, which Travis has been on a number of times, and I hope that he's going to be on a lot in the future. He pretty much has an open invitation to come on anytime he wants to. Uh, but you can find that at SCS Podcast One on Twitter. We have our show on Apple, Anch- uh, Apple Anchor, Spotify, Google. You know, just about anywhere you get your RSS feed, you can find us. Uh, we're currently doing a Star Wars commentary every other week, and we're going to finish up right before with all the current Star Wars movies up until Episode Nine, which comes out in December. And it's kind of a uh, you know a payback how much we love Star Wars. Uh, I think tomorrow we're doing Solo. So, uh, but check us out, uh, Super Civil Servants Podcast. You can find us just about anywhere. And uh, Travis, thanks for having me, man. It was always a fun time to talk about Spider Man. It's always a fun time to talk pretty much anything with you, Greg, buddy. And <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, his podcast is fantastic. I've been on there multiple times. I did one last Friday with Greg, Nathan, and Brent from Fans yeah. of Their Borders. We just gushed about the MCU, talked about the 1 to 23. Uh, we basically were Brent's sounding board for the Spider-Man stuff before Fans of Their Borders, uh, which I thought didn't wasn't as combative as I thought it was going to be on that topic. So yeah. props yeah. to them for that. Uh, and props to Greg for coming on with me and follow Greg on Twitter. He's, he drops some great tweets and also follow his podcast. I will be on it from time to time, probably more than just time to time. Greg, thanks for coming on. Uh, this was great fun. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And I hope to be back soon. Cheers guys. Oh, man, that was super fun. <laughs> Pert, that was wicked. You want to kill the recording part? I can, yeah. 112, okay. Oh.